I'm excited to announce a new event on January 16th. It will be in Colorado Springs at the Shields location from 6 to 8. I'm joined by Cami Banks, who's a nutrition and life coach, and Chase Kinder, who's a registered dietitian. We'll be talking about how to fuel your body for you, why diets don't work, and really you'll walk away with a plan for your nutrition. We'll also be showing you how hormones and fasting fit into the nutrition equation. Grab a ticket. There are very few left. The link is on our show notes, and they're only $10. Today's guest is Shelly Loving. She's a certified nutrition chef. She's a best-selling author of the cookbook, What's on Your Fork. She helps people eat healthy and lower inflammation. She's going to give you so many great ideas to jumpstart your nutrition in January. I can't wait for you to hear this interview. I've got a question for you. Who's the person you're being? Are you satisfied? It's okay. This is a judge-free zone, and it's exactly why I started the show. Welcome to Be The Person, a podcast for the brave and the curious who are ready to explore who they are fully created to be. I'm your host, Annie Randall, the adventurous one leading this investigative journey of transformation. By delving into topics and asking unexpected questions, we will discover the keys for unlocking our true potential and being our best selves today. You may be surprised by what you find when you let go of fear in order to discover the answers of becoming the person you were made to be. Welcome to Be The Person podcast. You are in for such a treat today. We have Shelly Loving and she is a certified nutrition chef and she is going to have so much great advice for her. I've listened to so much of her content and followed her online. And I was just so drawn to her just because she makes things that are difficult, I think, seem easy and just has a fun way about doing it. Shelly, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. That's such a compliment for you to say that because that is my mission is to make it easy and doable for the everyday home cook. So I'm so glad to hear you say that that's how you're perceiving my content. So yay, thank you. Yeah, definitely. And I will be the first to admit that I don't think I'm a very good cook or the whole change in lifestyle hasn't necessarily been super easy. And so I I love it when people have content that makes it easy for me. And I believe you just really do that. I try. You know, um, when I was going through my journey, we can talk about that later. When I was going through my journey, I didn't have anyone like me. I had to do the hard work. I had to do all the research. I had to spend, you know, a million hours trying to get healthier. So that was the whole purpose behind starting my business was I wanted to take what I had learned the hard way and teach everybody in a simple way. I love that. Well, tell us a little bit about you. What do you do today and what really brought you to this point? I know you're very passionate about nutrition, but what are the events that led you there? Yeah, so I am a certified nutrition chef, but I don't own a catering company or a restaurant. I teach people, mostly virtual, 
the everyday home cook how to put a healthier meal on their plate without it being overwhelming, complicated, or expensive. Um, and this journey, I haven't always been a healthy eater and cooker. I wasn't horrible, but I was definitely like the average American, you know, go through the drive-thru a couple days a week, make a Pinterest meal with a bunch of processed ingredients two or three nights a week just to get a meal on the table. Um, so I don't want people to think that I am on this pedestal and that I've always been healthy because that is not the case. I teach through experience. I teach through my hardships. Um, in 2014, it'll be 10 years ago next month, Super Bowl Sunday, my husband had a massive heart attack at the age of 41 and he almost died. He had 100% blockage in one of his arteries. And after they put a stent in, the, sur the surgeon, the cardiologist literally held my shoulders in the... Um, ICU waiting room and said, Mrs. Loving, your husband is a very lucky man. He shouldn't be here. This, uh, he, this is rare and he is very lucky. And I said, so that was like a light bulb moment for me. It's like, all right, we got another shot at life together and we're going to make it count. So we immediately made changes in our lifestyle, our diet, um, our, our medical things. We did a lot of changing. Um, and I decided to take the reins on the food part. I said, honey, if you can take care of your sleep apnea and you can take care of, you know, whatever you need to do, I'll take care of our food. And he said, okay. Well, that took me down a giant rabbit hole because there's so much contradicting information on the internet mm -hmm. that I really wanted a holistic approach. Um, after the doctor said my husband was going to be on seven medications for the rest of his life, we both decided that was not going to be his destiny. So we decided to try and clean up our diet and see if we could do it that way. And it worked. He's wow. down to one medication now. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. Yeah. And how is his overall health? So he's healthier than he's ever been. So he has to go to the cardiologist. He was going every six months for about eight years. He gave him once a year, about two years ago. So he goes once a year, gets his EKG, his blood work. He actually, my husband takes it upon himself to get quarterly blood work just to make sure everything is okay because we are taking such a holistic approach. Um, we want to be proactive. And so um, he goes once a year and the EKG shows he has reversed the damage to his heart 100%. The doctor can't even tell he had a heart attack. And the doctor, when he first started seeing this clear up, he's like, wow, Neil, what are you doing? My husband told him what I did. And the doctor's like, I need her business cards. You know, we're not taught this in, in medical school. And I, I love doctors and he, he saved my husband's life, but they don't know what they're not trained in school. And so I feel like there's a big missing piece between the link of being healthy and what we're putting in our body and through our mouth every single day. So I want to be the catalyst that promotes and, and motivates people to just open your eyes to what you're putting in your mouth because it directly affects your health. Absolutely. And it affects it so much that I think oftentimes, you know, in the everyday American diet, we just don't think about that. Nope. Well, tell, tell me a few of the changes and then we'll do a deep dive later on, but sure. tell me a little bit about the changes you made in your, in your health. And so in your I decided to go to a nutrition school called the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. So every week we would have a lesson then we would have a test and then we, I would apply it to our life. So I did that for a year. Lesson, finish the module, apply it to our life. And so when, when I got to the modules, like halfway through the, the year-long school, when I got to in the middle of the module about inflammation, it's like all of my blinders like came off and I had these endless light bulb moments and my, all of my dots were connecting. It was like, whoa, wait. So chronic inflammation 
is the root of most health issues. So if we lower the chronic inflammation in our body, then our bodies are healthy and strong and able to fight things off and have prevention. So I was like, the, I had all these, seriously, all these dots were connecting. It was mind blowing for me. So that was probably the biggest one because when I started applying an anti-inflammatory diet to my husband and I's weekly eat, at this moment, we were eating home like six days a week, three to four meals a day, you know, meals and snacks a day. I was very serious about it. And what we eliminated the inflammatory food groups, dairy, gluten, and sugar, and refined oils. When we eliminated those from our diet, our life changed forever. Uh, my husband was obviously healing his heart. He lowered his cholesterol. He um, lowered his or reduced his cholesterol. Um, he lowered his blood pressure. He was sleeping better. I had no more joint pain. I had no more brain fog. I had no more stomach bloating and gas and pain. Um, I started sleeping better. Like all of these things were happening. And I was like, wait a second, I've been doing this to help heal him, but yet I'm healing myself. And I didn't know I was sick. What in the world is happening? Like I was so inflamed and didn't know it because no one told me that eating dairy every day causes a lot of chronic inflammation in our body. So that's probably the biggest aha moment in this whole journey was when I made the connection between chronic inflammation and the foods that we're eating. So it's just like these beautiful dots. So that's probably my biggest moment and my biggest clarity on how to help other people as well. And how long do you think it took? You, you made this connection, you removed these foods. How long did it take before you started to really notice a difference? I'm going to be really honest with you. So I, I don't teach this now. I don't tell people to eliminate everything at once. Um, you're setting yourself up for failure or you're going to, someone in your home will want to kill you because you're so cranky. So um, I suggest people eliminate one thing at a time. So when I eliminated dairy and gluten at the same time, don't do that at home. When I did it, that took about three weeks. After about three weeks of, you have to completely eliminate foods in order to see a difference. You can't cheat on the weekends. You can't, you have to go at least three weeks, get it out of your body, let your body rest and see what happens. It's not gonna, not everyone is lactose intolerant. Not everyone has a, has a dairy allergy, but it does affect every human because it causes chronic inflammation. So even if you don't think you have an allergy, I just recommend to try it. So that was the initial change. When, when we eliminated dairy and gluten, we immediately, like within two to three weeks, I was sleeping better. My joint pain went away. My adult acne around my chin went away. Um, what else was dairy? A lot of bloating and stomach cramps. All of that after I ate, all of that went away within two to three weeks. Now, blood work and, um, long-term health improvement, I would say we started seeing a big difference around month six, eight. And then it just gradually, because I tell people this is a journey. This isn't, there is no end destination with your health. You, it is a journey and it's um, your relationship with food is never ending. It's the longest relationship we're ever going to have. So I encourage people not to be in a hurry. Um, and I want the climb to be steady on how you feel and how your blood work um, reacts. So I don't think it's an overnight fix. So I would say probably six to eight months is when we started seeing a difference in those kinds of things. And then, of course, it just got better and better. Okay. I love that. And just your whole approach, because right now everybody's thinking January diets, weight loss, but you're really saying no to that. It's more of a lifestyle. Is that right? 
A hundred percent. I really, I get so passionately angry when I hear people selling diet products and when I see people going on crazy, crazy diets in January and February. I don't understand it. Um, the body does not receive that well. The body needs stability. The body needs repetition. The body needs nutrients. So I don't like it at all. That's why I teach a lifestyle that you can do 12 months out of the year. And then I teach balance. So during the holidays, enjoy your stuff. Have the wine, eat the bad food, whatever you're going to do. Just don't do it so hard that you have to hit this giant reset button in January and go on some weird fad diet or buy expensive food products to, to lose weight quick. It's just not sustainable. And your body gets mad at you when you do those yo-yo things over and over. It's very confusing for your digestive system and your immune system. Yeah. And I, I actually ordered your cookbook today what's on your fork. I'm really excited to try a lot of your recipes. What was your motivation behind writing this? And what, what are your hopes, I guess, for people and their cooking? I love this question. Thank you for buying the book. That is so sweet of you. Um, <clears throat> when I started my business, which was a year after I went to nutrition school, when I was done, it was like, I went to nutrition school to help my husband. And then I became, I watched so many good victory stories with him and I that I'm like, I've got to do this and teach other people, honey, I'm going to start a business. And he thought I'd lost my mind. And when I did that, I started setting some goals. I'm like, I sure would like a cookbook for how I cook. So I gave myself a five-year goal because I'd never even dreamt I would actually do it. I'm like, I'm going to set a five-year goal. I am going to create a cookbook that's anti-inflammatory recipes. And four years later, I published it on Amazon. So it just took me four years. It took me the whole year of 2022 to actually do the book and produce the book. But there it is. And that's why. And I just wanted a book that the recipes aren't difficult. Um, and it shows people different techniques that they can try to do dairy-free, gluten-free. Um, and it's also kind of like a journal. Every recipe has a picture and every recipe has a, a writing section. So you can write on it, take your notes. Um, I just wanted it to be like a food journal meets beautiful anti-inflammatory easy recipes. I love that. I love that you just told me there's pictures in it because I am a picture girl. If you do a recipe without a picture, I'm probably not going to make it. We eat with our eyes. We yes. always eat with our eyes. So it was very important to me. And I was a photographer in the cookbook as well. So don't judge that. But I did take a picture, two pictures with every single recipe because I thought it was very important for people to see how beautiful healthy food can be. Amazing. And, you know, my son had some issues with his stomach um, a couple years ago. So we've been making a lot of changes over the last couple of years in our house. And one is getting rid of uh, both gluten and dairy. And tell me, it was surprising to me because honestly, it was a little bit overwhelming. And so I'm guessing some of the people listening when they think, oh my gosh, if you even think get rid of dairy, like how would I even do that? Can you give us some maybe some easy substitutes that you use? Sure. So there are some good products out there. I don't solely depend on processed products. I try to make some things at home. Mm -hmm. um, one thing that I do like to make on my home, at, at home on my own is I love to make cashew cream. So I do that. When you think anything you're doing, cream sauces or a coffee creamer, all you do is soak some cashews in hot water with some water. And then uh, once they're kind of softened, you put them in a blender with water, you blend them up and you have cashew cream. I do that at least twice a week, just so I have some cream sauce for recipes because I don't want to lack flavor 
or texture because I'm giving something up. So that's a real common replacement that I do. Um, there's a couple of really good brands out there. Kite Hill is a really good brand. Forager Project is a really good brand. I get both of those at stores like Sprouts or Whole Foods. Your specialty grocery stores are going to have those for sure. HEB in, here in Texas um, has a lot of those products as well. Um, it's just about seeking them out, but bigger than that, learning how to read a food label because even healthy, quote unquote, foods can be full of junk. So I give people a lot of education on how to read a food label so they know exactly if a food is healthy or not. And tell us a little bit about that because I know that so many things, they're labeled natural or healthy and those really have no meaning so tell us a little bit about some of those things to look for and then what to look for in a label um, or the food ingredients. Absolutely. So I tell people, here's my quick label reading 101. Never look at the front of the package ever. Don't read them. Don't read the, the words, the selling, the marketing, the gimmicks. I call that the billboard. We don't want to see the billboard of the product. I don't care how much the, the producer loves its own product. I don't want to read that. I don't want, I'm not going to buy into what you're trying to sell me. What I want to look at is what's in the food. So immediately flip that package over. It doesn't matter if it's a frozen food, um, a box of crackers, it, a can of soup, whatever it is, the FDA has a law that they have to put an ingredient list on it. So when you, when you pick up a product before you put it in your basket, because you love the front of it and it sounds so delicious, read the ingredients. And so ingredient lists go from greatest to least. So in to speed things up so you're not reading 40 ingredients on a food label, by the way, if a product has 40 ingredients, you shouldn't be buying it. But what you want to focus on are the first five ingredients because those are the most products in that food. So if you see something that's not healthy, like refined oils or sugar, you want to just put that product back and find one that has better ingredients in those first five ingredients. That's really helpful. And I just read a quote that in fact, like 60% of the American diet and 70% of our kids are all processed foods, which it's just crazy to me. But I know a lot of the things in those products make them really hard to get rid of. They become very addictive to us. Um, what are some of those things that really the food manufacturers, they know and they, they want to sell a product. So they're putting certain things in foods. Yeah, most, most of it is sugar. So sugar has over 60 something names on a food label. And here's a little, sugar's addicting. It, it is, studies have shown factually that it is more addicting than most drugs. And so what are they going to do? They're good. They even put sugar in things that aren't sweet because it's so addicting. And also it's a preservative. So the more sugar that's in a product, the longer shelf life it's going to have. So I would say the biggest culprit and especially in children's foods is sugar. But I, I just want to educate parents and grandparents to really learn what to look for in the label. So for example, um, let me think of a product. Let's, um, I think Hershey's syrup is a good product. I think I haven't looked at it in a long time, but it has, I think, I think it's the product I'm thinking of. It has two or three different types of sugar in the first five ingredients. So what they do is they change up the name so it's not the number one ingredient. Because if they only put sugar on there, it would be the number one ingredient. Well, if a parent just lip flips it over and sees sugar, they probably wouldn't buy it. So what they do is they change up the name. So it might have corn syrup, it might have sugar, and it might have um, fructose. 
Those are three forms of sugar, but if they're in the first five ingredients, it's really the number one ingredient. So that's how they do it. They change names up so you don't know what it is so that they can get away with it. They do that with MSG also. So MSG is a flavor enhancer. It has zero health benefits, although it has like over 20 different names. So if you look at a label and it doesn't say MSG, it still might have a form of MSG in it. So for example, MSG is also called um, yeast extract. So if you ever see yeast extract in a product, that's a flavor enhancer. That's another way that they suck us in is to get us addicted to that flavor by doing, putting MSG in the product. So sugar and MSG and then refined oils, they're not addicting, but they are cheap to make. So they put them in products like even your canned nuts, which you think you're doing good, right? You're eating canned nuts instead of eating potato chips. No, they put refined oils in them. They put canola or palm oil in them. So they're super inflammatory because it's cheap to make. That's crazy you mentioned nuts because I just sent my husband and daughter to go buy cashews. And that's one of the things I really look for. And you have to look for, mm -hmm. for companies that don't, that just have the nuts in them that they don't put oils in as well. And they call in at our grocery store. Um, they were just at the normal ones. They didn't go to a Whole Foods or um, Costco even it has a really a good selection typically of nuts without oils. But they called and they're like, mom, there's not one here that doesn't have oil in it. I know. Isn't that sad? I teach people, I have an online community membership where people can pay monthly or annually. And in there, I teach them all about nuts and basically buy your nuts raw, buy them in bulk, buy them raw and do what you want to with them when you get home, because you can do more with raw nuts anyway. And it takes 10 minutes to sprinkle some sea salt and spray some avocado oil on them and bake them in the oven for 10 minutes. So then you have roasted nuts. But I just, it's something that I talk about a lot in my online community is how to take the reins and do with just a little bit of work, you're setting your body up for an anti-inflammatory lifestyle. Just by reading a food label, like your daughter, so I'm so proud of her and I don't even know her that she called you and is like, there's not one mom. I mean, that's, it's sad, but it's true. Yeah. When you really start reading those food labels, I was super surprised at how, one, what you're saying, how much sugar yeah. and then the oils that are in everything. And when you learn what those do to our body yep. and all the different names of, tell us some of the names of the oils that we should be on the lookout for, maybe some that are not good for us. And then some oils, what would you cook with or what would you recommend? So I love... Uh, I'm sorry if you're watching video. I had to change my seat because the sun was getting directly in my face. There we go. I had I do not like refined oils, so those are the ones that you see the most often. So think clear plastic bottle at the grocery store. Canola oil, vegetable oil, sunflower oil. Um, palm oil is not an oil that we buy by itself, but it is in a lot of foods. So these oils go through a nine-step process in a factory to become a really cheap, refined, inflammatory oil. Three of the steps in those nine steps is bleaching. Two of those steps is deodorizing because it tastes so bad, a human would not consume it. So then they have to deodorize it. So our smells so bad, they have to deodorize it. So those are the oils that cause a lot of inflammation that I avoid at all costs. That's a hard stop for me. I'm very flexible in my teaching and I teach balance, but that's a hard no for me avoid them. Always avoid them. If they're on a food label, put it back on the shelf and don't buy them for your baking and cooking needs. Now, there are some great oils out there. So 
um, I'm not the bearer of bad news. I want to give you oils that are nutritious and that actually have health benefits. So I love avocado oil for anything that you're going to do with heat. Um, I love coconut oil for things you're going to do with heat. And I love extra virgin olive oil for any recipes you're not going to heat for a long period of time because oils are heat sensitive. So we don't want to be putting extra virgin olive oil in a hot pan for 30 minutes. It just, it breaks down. It's, it loses its nutritional value. Um, and extra virgin olive oil is really good for us. So just buy your good, healthy oils, but know how to use them is also important. And what about the containers they come in? Is that important for an oil? Yeah, they're light sensitive. So it's good if you can do dark glass containers. If you can't, it's not a deal breaker, but you know, we want to avoid plastic when we can, but oils really don't like light. So try out to get them in dark glass containers and then just store them in your cupboard or pantry and not out on your counter. Okay. And when you start to take people off of these different, uh, maybe it's a refined oil, maybe it's dairy, what are you seeing as far as the health benefits, both on the health and their weight? Do you see a difference in both? It's crazy. So I am like an anti-dieter and I don't teach weight loss, but when people adhere to an anti-inflammatory diet, you get all the things. You get better blood work, you get better sleep, you, you get less symptoms, um, you get more clarity. And then your body naturally is going to lose any excess weight that it's not needing because your body is able to do what it needs to do to function properly. It's not fighting chronic inflammation all the time. So your weight is naturally going to take care of itself because inflammatory foods are the foods that put weight on us. Dairy, gluten, you know, those heavy refined carbs like white bread and white pasta and white rice. When you eliminate all of those from your diet, you're going to lose the weight naturally, but you're going to do it in a healthy, sustainable way. So adhering to an anti-inflammatory diet is all the goods in all the possible ways. You will feel better, you will be healthier, and you will lose weight if you need to naturally. And you can keep it off because this is a lifestyle. And do you think, I know this has probably been the case for me, especially with sugar, and I still love, I'm a dessert girl. Like oh, if yeah. I'm going to cheat on something, it's dessert. But I can definitely say, I don't crave sugar like I used to when I've made these changes. Do you think overall our body just starts to crave what it really needs versus all the junk that we were putting in it? Totally. So, and, and I'm not against sweet things, by the way. I love desserts. I have a ton on my website and inside my membership. I am a dessert girl. You'll see me making desserts on social all the time. You just need to be better at choosing your healthy sweeteners. Um, but yes, I do believe, wait, what was the question about the, what did you ask me at the end? I would just talk about your body changes. Oh, it's yes. breathing. Yeah. So as you start cleaning up your diet, your taste buds are naturally going to change. So I, I encourage people all the time. If you have never liked mushrooms in your adult life and you start cleaning up your diet and you get rid of the overly processed foods that make your taste buds so numb, when you get rid of those, your body starts saying, Hey, I really like certain foods because I know what they're going to do and how they're going to serve me. So I encourage people to reintroduce natural fruits and vegetables and, and um, good sourced meats um, when you don't think you like them because as you get rid of the processed food, your taste buds come back alive. Okay. I think that's a good idea to try those different things. Definitely. And you mentioned grass-fed products. Tell us a little bit about... Um, your take, I guess, on is it worth the extra money to buy grass-fed or buy organic? 
or spend a little extra money on those types of food products? Yes, most definitely. You know, the saying is true. We are what we eat. And if we're eating cheap meat or cheap seafood or cheap poultry, we are going to get cheap results and health issues. So it's very important to know where your food is sourced. So I hear general rule, I say grass-fed beef, wild-caught fish, and organic poultry. If you can stick to those three rules, keep it simple. Don't overthink it. But if you can keep it that, um, you're going to be serving your body a lot better. And you're also going to get more nutrients from the animal because it was well-raised and it has a lot of nutrients. And I say that about eggs as well. Please stop buying eggs in the styrofoam container for $2.99. Those chickens never see sunlight. They never leave a factory. Most of them don't leave a cage. So it's really important that we're buying free range eggs because those chickens were out in a field getting sunlight, getting vitamin D and eating the minerals from the earth. So it's very important. Spend the extra $3 and get good sourced eggs. Eggs are one of the most nutrient dense foods we can eat. Would you say the same thing for like most fruits and vegetables as well? Uh, yes, most. Well, I don't think that you need to buy everything organic. Um, we are on a budget and I don't think things with really tough skin are super important like um, bananas, pineapple, things like that where the skin is really thick and we're not going to be eating the skin. I don't think it's super important to buy. So if you're on a budget, I would not buy those organic. I'm not saying don't. It's just if you're on a budget, focus on the soft skin things, tomatoes, grapes, berries, um, you really want to make sure you get organic like that because and lettuces, things like that. So um, herbs, get organic if you can. Um, and always wash your stuff. It doesn't matter if it's organic, wash it. Always wash your produce. And do you have any special way that you wash it or do you just um, wash it under the sink? Do you use vinegar, soap, anything like that? I put it in a big bowl of water. I put all of it in there together and I sprinkle it with a bunch of baking soda and I toss it around and I walk away and I let it clean itself. 15, 20 minutes later, I take them out. You should see the water, it's disgusting. But that's easy, it's cheap, and it's a really good way to help get those pesticides off your food. That's a great idea. I yeah. didn't realize that. And I thought you had to be more actively yep. scrubbing or doing things, so. Okay, no, that baking soda will do all the work for you and you can unload the right. I always do that first and then you can unload the rest of your groceries. Okay. And yeah. then from there, you just put them in a container in your refrigerator. Yep. And everything stores differently. I have actually have a YouTube video on how to store produce, but everything stores differently. So yeah, go watch that if you want to. Okay. We'll link to that in the show notes as awesome. well. And I love just your education that you do. And you were telling me before we started recording that you have a seminar coming up on meal prep. And tell us a little bit about that. I do. So for <clears throat> the, I've had this business, I've been actively teaching for over five years and everyone keeps asking me for a meal prepping class. I teach private classes virtually for corporations all over the world. And I teach a meal prep class there, but I've never taught it to the public. And I didn't know how to do it. Honestly, I, I was like kind of fearful that it wouldn't apply to everybody. And like everybody has different grocery stores and everybody lives in a different area. And I thought, you know what, I'm not going to let that stop me and I'm not going to use those excuses anymore. So for the last three or four months, I've been putting together a two-part event. Um, the first day, it's all virtual and it's going to be recorded if you can't attend live. But the first event is on January 16th and it's all about planning, how to plan a meal schedule each week that applies to your calendar, your lifestyle, your family dynamic. I'm going to teach you all the steps to successfully meal plan. And planning and prepping are very different. So that's the week one. And then I'm going to give you homework. You're going to make a grocery list and you're going to do some planning on your own, looking at your calendar, blah, blah, blah. And then six days later on January 22nd, we're going to go live virtually again. 
and we're going to cook a little bit together. Not overwhelming. And if you don't want to cook, you can watch me cook in action. If you're more of a watch and learn kind of person, that's fine with me. But if you want to get your hands dirty and really learn, you can cook along with me. So we're going to be doing that in January. I'm really excited. I've got a lot of people signed up. The seats are limited because I don't want to, it's, it can be overwhelming for me if I have a, too many people on. So yeah, they um, just, you can head to my website and learn more about it. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a really, really great event. And I'm finally doing it after all these years, people begging me to do one. I've been practicing it for eight years and uh, people see me doing it on social all the time, but I've never told people my steps. So I'm going to raise the curtain and show all my steps. <laughs> <laughs> I love that because honestly, I can't, I have my own event on the 16th, but I'm going to get the ticket too. So I can get the recording hey. um, because I love to just watch people do it. I, I'm a very visual learner. Yeah. And so if I see you do it, it's much easier for me just to follow along than it is to figure out myself. Totally. And, and, and it's, everyone has a different schedule. So I don't, I am not a meal prepper who tells people three days a minute, three days a week. I mean, three meals a day, seven days a week, matching containers, chicken, broccoli, rice. I'm not that kind of meal prepper. I want it to be applicable to your busy life and your busy schedule. I just want to give you the steps and the tools to be able to do that with confidence. Yeah. And I think that's so key to people. If they want to be healthy, it's key for me. I know because in the moment, I'm never going to pick broccoli if I have to chop it and make it, you know, if I'm hungry. But if it's something's all cracked and it's great and I can pull it out of a container, I might pick it then. Exactly, exactly. And prep work doesn't take hours a week. You know, there can be very small steps in the beginning, like the beginning of the week that can save you hours during the week. So I'm going to teach that as well. I love that. How do you do it personally? How, do you spend a, like one day? Do you typically meal prep? Do you make dinner each night? Like what works for you? Yeah, it's funny because I cook for a living. So because I have to cook for my job, I have to do it more than once a week. So I have to have two hats. I have to have my professional hat where I'm buying ingredients for all the cooking classes I'm offering that week. And then I have to put on my wife hat because it's just my husband and I, our kids are grown and gone. I have to put on my wife hat to feed my husband and I nutritious meals. So it can be daunting. I'm not going to lie. Um, and I, I just, I have a I just have an ebb and flow in my life, what works for me, and it all depends on my classes. So I do basic meal prep for he and I every single week, mainly our breakfast and our snacks. And then um, I plan out when I go to the grocery store, I buy like a pro, or I buy my produce because I, I'm teaching all this in the class, but I keep, I always keep my proteins here. I'm never without my protein. So it's never has to go on my weekly grocery list. I don't want to look at a recipe and say, I don't have chicken breast. I always have chicken breast. So it's not, it's an afterthought. All I have to do is buy the fresh produce. So um, that's a big step. So I do that every week. I buy my vegetables and then I bring it home. I do it a little different than what I'm going to teach because I've been doing it so long, but I'll go to the produce section. I'm like, okay, yeah, I think green beans are sounding great this week. I'll bring them home. I have no idea what I'm going to do with them, but I know I have my proteins. I know I have my condiments and my sides and now I have the vegetables. So that's kind of my method, but I'm, that's not what I'm going to teach because that my lifestyle is very different than most. I mean, not very many people cook for a living, so I have to be strategic with my time too, so I don't hate the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I think that's smart because we do much the same. We get a lot of our things from ButcherBox, mm -hmm. and so or we just try and always have the proteins yeah. in the freezer ready yeah. to go, and then all the condiments too. 
Yeah, because it's it's hard if you always use something and then you're out of it. I I always try and be have the staples uh, ready to go. Yes, I always keep a list going for all the different stores. So in my phone in the notes section, I have a Walmart list, uh, a local grocery store list, and a Costco list, and a Whole Foods list. I have them going because I buy certain things at certain stores. I don't go to all the stores every week by any means. But I have that list going, so I never have to think about it on grocery store day. I don't have to think, okay, what are we out of? No, I don't have time for all that. Okay. What are, you've shared a lot of great things. Is there any, if you think about it, I know you shared some products you love and some simple swaps. Um, any easy other steps or advice that you think would be really important for our listeners to hear? I think... The number one thing that we did talk about was reading the food label. I can't stress enough how important that is because once you learn how to read the food label, it's also transparent and you see right through it. And so, and, and not reading the front of the label and not reading things like natural and stuff like that, just read the ingredients. So that's my biggest one. And then the second one that people kind of neglect, um, this is going to sound so jovial and so juvenile, but drink more water. We are all so dehydrated. Our organs need water. Our brain, our heart, our spleen, our toenails, our immune system, our eyeballs, everything needs water to function properly. We need it to detox. We need it to hydrate. We need it to fun for functionality. So just upping your water intake, you will be shocked at how much better you can feel. It, it can get rid of headaches. Um, there's so much benefits to just drinking water. So I tell people, get a cup with a straw. Go If you want to spend $50 on a Stanley cup, go for it. If that's gonna, what's going to make you drink more water, go for it, whatever it's going to take. But definitely use a straw. And I tell people to keep their cup like a whoopee. Take it to the bathroom, take it to the laundry room, take it to the car, take it to the kitchen, on your desk, wherever you are, that water cup should be right next to you. It was, on, it was when I was sitting at the desk, it's right next to me, like, with a straw and um, drink half your weight in water. So if you, in ounces. So if you weigh a hundred pounds, strive for 50 ounces a day. Um, and it just becomes a habit. Yes, you're gonna go to the bathroom more, but that is a good thing. Your body is getting rid of toxins. So the less toxins we have in the body, the healthier we can be. I think that's great advice. And my family actually makes fun of me because once I start working for the day, I, I don't like to stop. And so I fill up all my water bottles in the morning I have like four different things that I like to drink out of and I put different things in them and, but then they're ready to go for the whole day. So oh, it yeah. helps me track it. I know a lot of people just love one water bottle. I'm just not like that. Yeah, I love that idea. I think that's fabulous. And I tell people all the time, put fresh fruit in your water. If you get bored with it, don't put water additives like flavor enhancers and all that. Don't do that. But fresh fruit is amazing. If you, my mom does cucumber and ginger and sometimes she does strawberries and what I said whatever makes you drink more water add some fruit totally okay with that yeah I love that um well, you've given us so much great advice and different things to um think about more about how to connect with you um online sure so it's real easy everywhere on social media and I mean I'm literally on every platform and I post almost every day on every platform is Shelly Can Help. So S-H-E-L-L-E-Y, Can Help. And that's my website too, ShellyCanHelp.com. And if people have questions, if this 
If this interview really prompts some things in your own personal life, you can email me anytime. I love answering emails and helping people any way I can. So my email is info at shellycanhelp.com. Thank you for that. I'm it's super excited. Again, your cookbook, What's on Your Fork? And I ordered it right off of Amazon. So it'll be here in a couple of days. And so excited for that. I'll put the information in the show notes as well on your January 16th event. So people could uh, potentially join that too. Yeah, um, let me know what you think about the cookbook. I want to hear your honest feedback. Yeah, absolutely. Because it is one of the things, my inflammation markers, I've had a couple of surgeries and they've come back higher. So it's something that I'm really actively pursuing. So it was the perfect timing, kind of secretly, I wanted all of your advice um, to have you on today. I'm so glad you mentioned that. <clears throat> something that people might take away um, your doctor doesn't just give you an inflammation marker test. So I encourage people when you go for your annual visit or why, whatever reason you're in the doctor and they draw, they do get some blood work, request and require a CRP test. That's the C-reactive protein. That's the inflammation marker test. Um, require it. And then that way, you know where you stand um, in the blood work of your CRP. So it's, you have to advocate for yourself. And uh, I try to teach people more and more to really advocate for yourself, ask questions. Medical professionals are wonderful, but they don't know it all. And they don't know your body like you do. So don't be afraid to ask questions or give feedback or bounce ideas back at your doctor if you don't feel right about what they tell you. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because it was really eye-opening that I've gotten it done twice and I'm gonna continue to get it done until I get it you know, where I want it to be, yeah. but it, it was much higher than I expected it yeah. to be. Fun, funny story. <clears throat> Last March, I got my CRP done for the very first time. And I just had never thought about it because my lifestyle I feel is pretty healthy. So I was doing an inflammation event online in March and my blood work came back the week of the event. I was, I'm going to, I'm not, I'm not even going to lie. I was a little nervous because I'm like, what if I'm a farce? Like, what if all this stuff I've been teaching for the last five years and I get, I get high um, inflammation markers. Like I was a little anxious and I didn't tell anybody that I was getting it done until I got it back because I was like, what if I'm bragging about it? And then I have issues like, like talk about imposter sy syndrome. So I got it back and all of my markers are normal. And I, I just, I almost started crying because it was like, I had been validated on what I'm doing is working without medication and I'm teaching it to other people. So it was a big, big aha moment for me and validation that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And I am helping other people because it is definitely working for me. And my husband's was normal as well. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And just, um, yeah. I think what you're doing is mm -hmm. amazing. And I think you're helping so many people live a healthier lifestyle. So I appreciate everything you did and shared with us today. Thank you so, so much for having me on. I hope your audience resonates with this conversation and uh, please keep in touch and thank you for buying my book. Yes, absolutely. Well, I appreciate you being on the podcast. If you know of someone that would like to hear this information, please share the episode. And always, it would mean the world to me if you would give us a five-star rating. Thanks so much.